you are hearing this, you are receiving a signal from another planet. Fanboy planet. Watch animated chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie. Sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the letter F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor. I'm just the definition of a fanboy, baby. I'm a nerd On Friday, for Friday, Friday morning. morning. Yeah, I'm not okay. going to go late on on Thursday. Yeah. Well, I think it opened today. You think it? Opened I today? I heard that it opened today for the Easter weekend that they they pushed. I I don't know that's that for sure. I just saw somebody huh. post that. So, well, I Justin has Friday off, so yeah, okay. he doesn't have the other days yeah, off. That so. makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I, I I might go tomorrow for the sake of it. Yeah, it just depends on how work goes and. Get out of the way because I don't really I, I I don't I don't know I was just talking to somebody down at at Elusive saying you know I that I think the real test of it is will kids my son's age be into it yeah and and I and the nostalgia is great for us you know I was thinking about something because um, we're lamenting Ultraman not having been in it but Ultraman was really like sixties. And then, and then there was the Australian yeah. version. No, 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 no. Oh, okay. So, but here's the thing: is that's from the American US ethnos sure, U.S. Sure, sure. point of view, right? Uh, Ultraman, and in particular, the first Ultraman is as popular now. In I Japan. understand that it's, in a, Japan. it's like yeah. Mickey Mouse, but able to uh, shoot lasers from his hands, which right. is which if Mickey Mouse could do, well, I guess he can in Phantasm. But you know, if we were gonna, if you were going to use that, then you'd you'd start saying, well, what other anime was really well? But you know, the thing time? is, I, I would also say the same. Even in the choice of Iron Giant, yeah, it's when did that come out? That was ninety eight or ninety nine, maybe. Which which is arguably later than the period that they're. Is he mentioned in the novel? Is he one of the choices? Because I know that the whole Iron Ultimate Giant. Thing, I don't think so. That that and and I think Spielberg had some connection with it. Yeah, you know, that made it easier. Warner Brothers would like to remind people, but, but that remains a cult thing too. Yeah. Whereas, I, and I think the same thing is you know with Ultraman, and it's an excellent film. I mean, that's there's no. Oh, that's problem uh, but I'm putting that yeah, out yeah. to the side. That's right. not what it, what it's about. What right. I'm saying is, it's just they're both cults. They're they're both cult followings. Yeah. And you know, I I would have been happy with Ultraman because I'm an Ultraman fan. Yeah. However. Yes, I, I, you know, it's a, it's a copyright issue. Uh, otherwise, if there wasn't a who owns all the rights to Ultraman, he would have been in the movie. The poster does show, um, like one of the Ray Dean ones, or it's it's the guy with the huge shield. It's a shield that's three quarters the size of him. Is I that can't Mazinger. No, uh, might not be wrong. Um, but anyway, it's another one. One of the Mattel Shogun Warriors. I think it's actually an anime, and it's it's a legit anime. Um, well, no, they all are. Right. It's just that they Mattel combined them all into those right. delightful. Can't really call them action figures. Those things, those things were huge. Well, I mean, I have one that was, they were all made out of metal bits, and they were all assembled assembled from smaller vehicles. So they were like 
like the well, that's uh, like Voltron. The ones that Mattel yeah. was selling as Shogun Warriors were all plastic. Well, there were some tall plastic ones. I worked at Macy's at that time, and we had a toy department at the same time. And they had the tall ones. Remember when people sold toys? Yeah. When there were I toy do. stores to I do. go to? I do. I remember that so when cold. at Macy's, it so was great cold. when they went on sale, and I was up there putting stuff in the back so I could pick it up when I was on my break. Oh, so you're the reason. I was. Yeah. I hate guys like you. Oh. Which is a perfect time to say, hey, this is Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of fanboyplanet.com. And uh, here we are. We start with hate. I, we start with hate because it tastes just as good as love. We know this about cookies. So uh, it tastes the same. My daughter proved that to me. She told me that. She said, I baked cookies with, it's not secret ingredient, it's not love. This I is, this, baked cookies with hate. This is just getting weird. And they tasted the same. Okay. It was just, a, you know, it's one of the funniest things my daughter ever said. Nice. So uh, anyway, across from me at the Brett Cave. Rick Brett Snyder. Indeed, and we're going to be talking about some comics news, some movie news, and some TV news. And this is, for the first time in a long while, like we... we Face-to-face. We don't have any guests. Across the table, nobody calling in. Well, we've been across the table a few times, but, yeah, it, was, yeah. but it is uh, it is kind of weird to kind of go back to our baseline format because yeah. we... No surprises tonight. Oh, wait a minute. I'm sure there are surprises. Oh, I'll continue the hate. Anyway, uh, so, of course, be, uh, there we are. We're going to talk to comics, movies, TV. But first, of course, you know, you can listen to us on your favorite podcatcher. Um, let us know that you're doing that. Because I'd like to know, too, if there's a a service that we're not on that you think we should be, please let us know. Mm-hmm. As well, if there's anything we talk about on tonight's podcast that you would like to own for yourself and you cannot find it at your local brick-and-mortar store, there is an Amazon link on each and every page at Fanboy Planet which you may have gone to to listen to the Fanboy Planet podcast, in which case you can find that Amazon box, search box, and we get a small kit back there. Sometimes we embed direct links to certain products that we talk about when there's a trade paperback or a DVD that we know can be useful. Yep. And, of course, uh, we also are affiliated with Think Geek, and Think Geek has Ready Player One I stuff this week. Think Geek. Well, I don't know. How do you know? Think Geek? Mm, yeah, I mean, always a lot of cool stuff on that on that site, and they do have, as I think I mentioned last week, the Thor uh, tools tool set. They have sent me ads for that three times now since you mentioned that. And I, I think I'm profiled. Is, do they on just there. like know that? Uh, I think they do. The <laughs> anyway, you can go through there, and uh, anything you purchase from that search as well, get we get a small uh, affiliation, yeah. pennies on the dollar. Um, you should tell people where we're going to be this weekend. on the dollar. Well, I will, because but I'm not done with the rest of the shilling because uh, we do have an ad, don't we? Do we do have an ad? Yeah, I was thinking. Let's we'll put the, it up front. Oh, okay, we'll do the yes, ad first. Let's let's do that. Uh, so, anyway, of course, if you would like to just help defray the cost of hosting the podcast, I mean, I don't mean host the podcast. It does not cost me anything to sit at this table and host the podcast. But I pay for the coffee. On the side. That, that is true. I did pay for the fish taco. Yeah. So doesn't our, li- don't our lives sound exciting? <laughs> anyway, uh, if you'd like to help defray the cost of hosting the site and, and pay, paying for being able to host the podcast on iTunes, and or it's not iTunes anymore, Apple Podcasts, and whatever else, and, and internet costs, you can donate at PayPal. That editor at fanboyplanet.com. And if you're tired of me talking right now, you can write in questions, comments, compliments, commentary, criticism, write in to editor at fanboyplanet.com. And yes, we do have a sponsor. And along with that sponsor, we get to say we are going to be recording a special podcast this weekend. 
Yes. I'm safe to say that, right? We're, we're recording a session. I don't know if it's going to be... Uh, if, well, I think it's a good bonus. It's a bonus session. I think, you know, yeah. because... And we have talked about this almost like... I don't know what we would title it, but, you know, for right now, this is... It would be 505B. It would be 505B in the episode count. But we've talked about doing, like, convention panels when there's no convention. And right. this is a perfect opportunity. Our sponsor this week is Worldcon. This Saturday... At 12 noon at mm-hmm. Seven Stars Bar and Grill in San Jose on Bascom Avenue, they are going to be announcing the finalists for the Hugo Awards for 2018, which will be held in August in San Jose, Worldcon 2018. And they are our sponsor this week. Worldcon is returning to San Jose, California. Writers, readers, and fans from around the globe will converge on the Bay Area in August to mingle, read, write, play, geek out, and celebrate the Hugo Awards together at the 76th World Science Fiction Convention. Programming for Worldcon is still in the works. If you have ideas for readings, lectures, panels, musicians, anything, share them with us at worldcon76.org. Have you registered for Worldcon yet? Register today at worldcon76.org to join the more than 2,500 attending members in San Jose from August 16th to the 20th. Keep up with Worldcon 76 on Twitter at Worldcon 2018 and on Facebook at Worldcon 76. And after the announcements, uh, announcement of the finalists, <coughs> as we, we mentioned, we will be doing a, a little conversation with some of the people there to discuss the finalists and the, and I don't want to say the relative merit because obviously they all have yeah I've been merit. involved with some of the discussions about who might be brought in on that panel and if they if they can if we can come up with these people it'll be an interesting thing and like you said if this live, is Chris Garcia that is no, not no, 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 an no, no, exciting no. I mean no offense he, he might be there um, but that's all right I do but enjoy talking again to a live audience uh, is uh, is in encouraged yeah come to seven stars seven stars and i think that even though it's not specifically fanboy planet if you ordered a moral compass right they'd know what you're talking about and get you a delicious cocktail a zorlac a zorlac or Or a a, nate smash Mm, mm, that nate smash is probably the most go for the triple threat it's saturday after all no i can't no no no, i'm not talking to you i'm talking to the listeners i know but that's okay all right so uh, so sal pizarro mike rabel if you're out there show up on saturday be fun Anyway, we get to move forward here. We got some comics news, movie news, TV, and there we go. Our top story is actually, I think we may have talked about this a couple of years ago, and that's where I'm going to get serious. And again, because I'm trying to uh, get on that hit list of the of, of the the guys that are upset about politics and comics, yeah. and, and that is that uh, William Messner Loeb's, who is a comic book writer and artist. But I think probably to today's audience, he's better known for his writing, even mm-hmm. though, as we were talking, he created a series called Journey, The Adventures of Wolverine McAllister back in the 80s. Love that one. Critically Still- acclaimed book. I'm not even sure if it's being reprinted, if it's I don't been know if reprinted it is. by I've anybody. Got the, I've got the graphic. I bought the individuals and I bought the graphic yeah. novels. So the main issue, before I get into some of his credits, is that he has been hit by a lot of setbacks and... This is a story about how many of the people that we grew up loving and whose work we grew up loving, uh, there really hasn't, there really isn't a lot of, uh, parachute, financial parachute for those. I mean, I'm sure there are people now, as we've said many times, like people like Grant Morrison, 
Mark Miller, the guys that are making deals with Netflix and with with a variety of multimedia stuff. Nobody's unfortunately banging down the door to make a movie of Wolverine McAllister. Uh, William Esner Loeb's uh, is currently homeless, uh, living out of his car with his wife, who is wheelchair bound. This is a story about the hero initiative is doing what it can, but it's not enough. And this is, you know, he's still a very viable writer. And it's time to just kind of say, you know, who'd be really good on this book? I appeal to publishers is William Messner loves. Let's, let's, let's have him write some stuff. He wrote Wonder Woman, a big, a big run on Wonder Woman and the flash. He was, he did the revival. And I was thinking tonight on the way over here, one character that has appeared on the flash this season, at least one is created by him. And that would be Kilgore who only appeared in two or three, but I I believe Kilgore, it was different in the comics. Mm -hmm. The vision of it being an AI that, well, definitely from when they do, you know, it was a, it was a cyber intelligence. Whereas the Kilgore on, on the TV show is a character who can control cybernetics and can control computers and electronics. But it's still his name. It's still his concept. And I, I think, you know, that's another thing that if the creators of, of the TV show, The Flash, wanted to throw in some more of his creations. Because, you know, he had one of my favorite uh, favorite supporting cast members, which is Chester Runk, Chunk, who could who had like a dwarf star in him. Right. And he could absorb stuff. And then he became basically the Fla- Wally West's Flash became the the tech genius and the millionaire because he became like he became super wealthy by discovering that he could feed the hunger of whatever that was feeding into the other dimension by being a garbage disposal literally for like right corporate waste and so forth so a, a matter eater lad uh sort of redux. but without eating yeah, yeah. uh so you know there's some really cool stuff that was happening in in the flash uh that bill messner lobes wrote i still i love well, here's one thing that was brought up is he created Artemis for Wonder Woman. So it's rumored that she's going to be in Wonder Woman too. So there'll be a little money coming his way because I do think, let me absolutely be fair, DC Comics, especially it was started by Paul Levitz. And as far as I can tell, it has not gone away. They've always been really good. And I think Marvel followed suit because of publicity and so forth. But they've always been really good about making sure the creators of characters that get used in other media get enough, you know, something to acknowledge their contribution that you wouldn't have, you know, if Artemis is a breakout character in Wonder Woman 2, if she is indeed in Wonder Woman 2, we we actually don't know anything about it beyond the cheetah is in it. But yeah. the rumor that Artemis is there, if she is, then that's, you know, if she's a breakout character, Bill Messner loves will get something. But in the meantime, <coughs> he's living from, moving from place to place in a car because his trailer park was declared a disaster area. So, you know, it, this is a story to be aware. Yes, I always say this, and especially as people are getting tax refunds back, I, I'm reminded to do the same thing. It is time for me this week to go and, and donate something to the Hero Initiative. It is also time to do, <laughs> by the way, membership in the Comic Book Legal Defense Fund. Yes. And, uh, you know, any other organization that you feel like. So it, it, this is this is a prime time of year to start looking at those donations. And the Hero Initiative is one that I, I feel very strongly about to help with stories like Bill's, Bill Messner-Lobes, that is, uh, you know, that he is 
given hope. Yeah. And I know that he's working with a church group. They've been talking about that, that people are offering help. <coughs> There's He's been reclassified. He may be getting into a home, but it shouldn't have gotten this bad. And that's, you know, for somebody who's given, well, you know, at least a generation of comic book readers, at least a generation, some really great moments and fond memories of great stories. It's just, it's a shame. So, and I just I spent a little time on a, on Amazon just now, and yeah, Journey is gone. It's sold out, but there's a ton of stuff that people can buy. And I imagine, do you think he's still getting money from sales of of his? Uh, I'm I'm not works. I'm not positive. Like because like the Max and Epicurious the Sage. I and, think that the Max and Epicurious the Sage were cre- the Max is cre- co-creator owned. Maybe co-creator owned with with Sam Keith. Right. So I would suspect if you buy the Max. That he and and Sam Keith both get some money back. There's like six volumes of the Max. Yeah, so yeah. there's some really so go buy a collection. There's some really trippy stuff in the well, Max, the Max that is great. people could uh, would definitely enjoy. Yeah. Let's get to re- uh, to comics in general. I, I, I'm just going to keep bringing that you know bringing you down. <coughs> Marvel announced today that in July they're bringing they're going to have an event called the Death of the Inhumans. That trick never works. I, I'd like to. I'd like to call back to a few weeks ago when a young, bright, and enthusiastic Rick Brett Schneider said, "You know the, that Black Bolt solo book, which by the way has been canceled, is doing really well," and, which I'm sure it was always meant to be uh, to be a miniseries. And and remember, oh, and the Inhumans TV series. I'm so looking forward to that in the fall. That was several months ago. That was pretty bad. That, <laughs> I never, I never, I never had any illusions to that after we saw the first. Uh, the first that's that's a good catching yourself oh you had illusions but you had to watch i never even got to the first episode no 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 i never did because i I watched it all the way through it's like season two of the walking dead at a certain point you'd heard enough people say well no 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 no. this sucks but it's got to get better Uh and then hawkman in black leather jacket showed up going caw caw and you're talking about flash gordon not walking dead no no i i'm just i'm that is my that is the black leather jackets is my symbol of all shows sucking i see Uh, so yes i know well actually the walking dead season two might have been made better by hawkman running around with black leather jackets going caw 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 okay which is probably attracting the attention of the walking dead but anyway uh so that's how i felt about the inhumans and it yeah so so i noticed anything about what it's about or no they just released an image of black of the skull of black bolt with the cowl on it okay and so it's you know what it's about it's about selling six to seven tie-in books yeah and hoping that they get your money uh that's that's what it's about I yeah. think what I think what it's really about. Let's get like you want meta commentary is yeah. I think that the that Marvel's about to get those mutants back, those lovely X Men, you know, completely back in their stable and Marvel movies, Marvels, Marvel Studios, Marvel Studios, and well, on the TV show as yeah. well, which I think Ike Perlmutter still has some control over, mm. and he does not over the movies at all. But that's you know it, it's it's proven they've done the Inhumans. That's why there was the big push in the comics in the Marvel comics. Yeah. The Inhumans kind of took precedence over. There's the still a regular factor in Agents of Shield. Sure, yeah. But who knows that? Uh, except you, anybody who watches <laughs> it. Agents of Shield, which unfortunately we're still waiting to hear if that got renewed. But yeah. 
the thing is in the comics they're not as popular as the X-Men and and now everybody's happy with the X-Men again because they can totally leverage them in licensing in a way they didn't want to when Fox was in complete control so I think that's what's happening they tried to make the Inhumans a thing in comics right it really w- wasn't anything more than that what they ever were which is a very cool concept but they're just like mutants except they're not you know even even now, because I see in in my stack, not that I, w- I was going to choose this week, but a, but a book that I love month to month, Moon Girl and, and Devil Dinosaur, an which is getting an animated series. The fact that she's an inhuman doesn't matter at all. You know, it, no, it's no. It, it's and that's the thing is that it doesn't have the branding that mutants had thirty years of or forty. Good right. Lord. Well, it doesn't going. hurt the fact that she just looks like a little girl. She has yeah. those spikes or and I yeah so wrinkly forehead. Or what a great. But what a great series oh, that series, is. Series. Yeah. So uh, that, that'll come back. I, you know, we'll circle back around and talk about that. That's what's happening. And, of course, that's not enough. There's also Infinity Wars in July by J- Jerry Duggan and and Mike Deodato Jr. Is this the one that screwed over Star, uh, Starlin? Or? I think, no. No, 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 no. That's a Thanos solo series. Okay. That... Uh, that is, I don't know who the creator is on that, but I don't think that's Jerry Duggan. And and even if it was, and, and I'm just saying because I, I like I like Jerry, but that that's pinned on the editor. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. It's an editorial problem. Deciding that, yes, we can have two identical plots right. because one's graphic novels, and maybe that's the thing. We can sell these in Barnes & Noble and Amazon. And it's like, it's like they need to have a room in their offices with a wall that's dedicated with who's in what book, for the next six months. Which apparently, you know, like Marvel Studios does have that yes. wall. <laughs> yes. But it's for movies. So yeah. it's not nearly as complicated as... And then there's another room that's just Wolverine. X- <laughs> X-Men continuity. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, but you're right. It's just Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> so um, this is also, I, I think, a week, and, and I see them in your stack, where it feels like this is... Bendis wrapping up a lot of books yeah. before he, yeah. he leaves forward. And so I, I do want to say he's he's doing a fantastic job of leaving, like almost setting up potential new status quo. He's the quos. perfect house guest. He's leaving the place as clean, clean, cleaner than it, when it well, was when Well, you know, there. one thing that I saw an announcement of that I, I was kind of surprised, but I went, of course they're going to, is Jessica Jones, they're going to yes. stop. And then in a few months, it'll come back with a new creative team. Right. And that feels really, that really feels weird right. to me. It that fe- feels right to me. It, well, I'm glad that they're they're closing it up. It's weird. I know it's right. It's Marvel's character. It's one of their most popular Netflix series. Right. It's definitely struck a chord. For, and and I've watched the first episode of season two. And uh, yes, I'm really happy with some of the choices they've made. And it, that it's it's a cool expansion, but. It just feels weird that Jessica... I know other people wrote her. I know that other people wrote her in other books. Right. But a book called Jessica Jones just feels so bendy. Bendacy, yeah. You know, and then so that's well, weird. Well, it doesn't hurt that they've had the same uh, cover artist through the whole thing. Through yeah, that. yeah. That's just amazing in and of itself. Um, so your your impression of the book has been one of consistency. Yeah, even yeah. though it's been like 10, 15 years in between it's true. runs. It's true. <laughs> but it is, it is great. And I just... A binge through a bunch of the defenders and w- what a great book I, that has been and it's a very different jessica jones in the defenders yeah and, and it, i think it, that's what they'll when bendis closes off they'll get, they'll to get jessica to that, that's they'll, closer to, they'll the get defenders. to that who is also somewhat 
Yes and no. Part of what closer to the TV version because it's yeah. the defenders, right? And he also is setting up a new shield. Well, the the resolution of the shield series that I loved so much, yes, um, which was the historical, uh, the 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 Hickman the, one, the hidden the the, the hidden history of the Marvel universe. Um, yeah, uh, with Galileo and, and mm-hmm. uh, Newton and uh, Galactus and, you know, all it, – it's a great crazy book. And the fact that they've, they're bringing two closing issues out for that, five and six I think it is, um, I'm very happy with. And then they've got another miniseries that's related to that coming out as well. Well, he has opened the door for who's now going to be working for S.H.I.E.L.D., including mm-hmm. apparently I somehow missed this – because this is a this is a oh yeah Sony you want to do this well now this is what we're going to do Miles Morales isn't going to be Spider Man anymore oh my yeah so one suggested name is he may go to work for Shield and be called Spy S P Y D Spy D yeah so uh, I got that long before I said it but I was yeah. still, still mulling <laughs> I don't it know over you look very surprised uh, it was good it, unfortunately yeah. it's not a vidcast. But that it looks like Riri Williams is also being recruited in. And the person who's doing the recruiting. Spy kids. I'm there. Spy D kids. It would have to be better than at least the third Spy Kids movie. Mm. But the person doing the recruiting, which is interesting to me because I, I'm i behind. So I don't know if there has been a, a connection established. Is Blade. Blade showed up in the latest issue of Iron Man. Because he was in one of the, well, I think that's it. It's, it's on my week. It's, 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 it's on my week. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's where he's setting it up. Yeah, yeah. So I don't think he's been connected to Shield before, but he was in one of the Avengers teams, the one that Luke Cage led. But I can't remember. That's the problem with too many Avengers yeah, yeah, titles. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember which Avengers that was. Right. Right. This is, by the way, I'm just going to be honest with the Marvel Comics Unlimited app. This is also. We have lauded it for being able to say, you can also read these other series. Right. But there's too much programming that needs to go into it that hasn't <coughs> been so that you could link right. back and forth. Mm-hmm. Because if you read, if you go, you know, the next issue is this, then you've lost your place in another series and have to remember which series it was that was uh, leading into that. Mm-hmm. So even though they line them up. At they the need bo- playlists. They do, and they ha- and and they haven't done that. Like I had a problem with the Screaming Citadel for Star Wars, uh-huh. that it went bounced back and forth between Star Wars and Doctor Aphra, but it wasn't automatically linking them and connecting them. Uh, okay, so it was finding okay which issue was that, and you have to go through. Do I want to reset? And because they've done so many restarts, it is hard to know which run you're trying to go to. Well, especially in Infinity, in the uh, and especially unlimited. and especially and especially with adjectives. Like Avengers, oh, yes. how many different Avengers? And if it's Uncanny Avengers, maybe that's under U and not under A. And so it goes, yeah, it's very, very frustrating. That's a side rant. I want to say farewell to Bendis. And then next week or in two weeks or three weeks, we can say hello, Bendis, to the DC Universe. Indeed. I thought it's interesting. I guess John Byrne was the last time they did this. But, you know, when you have the house ads that say, Bendis is coming. It reminded reminded me of reading about. I, I'm not going to pretend that I was there when Jack Kirby jumped to DC, and it was like Kirby is coming. And the, oh, I remember I was, but uh, I, but I, I wasn't aware. You know? I was so excited, and I also felt like 
I had somebody had betrayed me. I I had no no skin in that game. I think yeah. at that point that was what seventy one, maybe seventy seventy one. Uh, I think it was more like yeah. It's 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 seventy one to seventy three somewhere in there. I think superhero wise, I might have had an issue of Batman, and I might have had an issue of Teen Titans, and that was about it. I remember bringing me. home New Gods number one. And hiding it from my mother because I really didn't want her to see that I had a book called that had the word gods in it. Right. And that you were a junior in college at that point. No, right? no. I was, yeah, I was okay. in uh, probably early high school. Yeah. I felt that way about the Howard the Duck magazine. <laughs> that first black and white issue when it ended with a sex scene and I went, yeah. I, and my mother had an issue with Howard the Duck because she said that Donald is so pure. The, good. Do- the Donald is up here? Donald. No, not the <laughs> Donald. I don't think even my mother would say that now. Okay. Sorry, you know, I don't want to get political. No, we're not. No, because no, I, like, I want this yeah. to be a safe space. Yes. and Let's move on. We will. Uh, I do want to go outside of our usual superhero universe because Dark Horse has announced that Jeff Lemire and Wilfredo Torres are doing a book called The Quantum Age, which is set in the Black Hammer universe. And I love that quietly. This would be like the third book spun out this of the is Black the Hammer. Yes, the third spun title out spun out of. Yeah, right. so there, there, I love that there's a whole universe. Yeah. And that um, and it's another one I just binged. I just binged the first six issues. And what an incredibly great yeah. great read and fun. I've I bought the first issues of all, of the other two spinoffs and got the like – Sherlock Frankenstein. Which was great. The Star – can't remember. I don't remember which one it yeah, is. But that one just came out a couple weeks ago. Yeah, so they've got the quantum <laughs> – the quantum age, and so mm-hmm. I just, I just love that. You know, if you want to read, it's not a dark take. It's just funny to me that Jeff Lemire, who because the first thing I encountered was Sweet Tooth by him, that I, I've always seen him as this indie creator, and then you start realizing, my gosh, he has because he wrote a Justice League, the one that Adam Strange was on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that he is this creator who just. He loves superheroes. He did a great job with. I think he was was he on Animal Man or I know he was on Swamp Thing, but I think he he did Animal. He can do all yeah. kinds. And Black Hammer is like you recognize these tropes, you recognize oh, who no, these yeah. characters yeah. are like, and yet he's done such a really interesting viewpoint on them. In a lot of cases, it's not even the trope. It's more like this is an aspect that we see. This is like a uh, a, a novel. Um, this is a, a like an origin type or a weakness type. Well, or, uh, it's an archetype. Yeah, yeah right. he's taking archetypes. But they're, archetype yeah, they're, not, the, they're not the full um, archetypical recreation. But you can tie in, like Barbalian, the whole thing yes. where the Barbalian is like Jean Jones. Yes. And recognizable that that's where it's coming from. But what, what an incredible twist on that character. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so... These are good books to pick up as trades. They're good books to to jump on now because yeah. once you read them, you're going to be like, "Wow!" I mean, Lemire is a guy you can spend time. You can spend quite a bit of time and money, or go to your local library and, and pick up trade paperbacks because there's so much. I don't think I've ever read anything by Lemire that wasn't at the very least really interesting. Yeah, and some I've liked better than others, but. I've always been intrigued by him, by his work, everything that I've done. And even that one, oh, I'm blanking on the name. I recommended it last year, the hardcover graphic novel about the 
the guy who was a hockey player and goes back to the small town and he, you know, he was abused as a kid. Oh, I, I don't remember that totally one. Totally blanking. Well, yeah. it's from, I, I want to say Random House, but even that, I, I'm i terrible tonight as far as, because I, I was just going off of, I, and I just found it again. Like, I read it, and then I forgot where I put it, and I just found it last week and went, oh, yeah, that's where I put it. Okay, I want to make sure it stays up so I can look I'm right. through this again. Because it's an interesting story, and as we talked a few weeks ago on the podcast about showing people who haven't been into comics and maybe, and fairly, right. aren't into right. superheroes what other things can our comics right. doing? Right. And this is a perfect example. Another one that I've been, been thinking of, and I, I got to write up is the death of Stalin is mm. a mini is a French mini series, which at the end of the, uh, 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 the end title sequence, you know, in the credits, it says based on the comic books, very specifically, I love that overseas. They just went, these are comic books. These are not graphic novels. They right. are based on the individual comic books, which Titan has gathered and, and published. Death of Stalin has been out for, uh, since I think it was printed in July, and then the companion-ish book, Death to the Czar, which goes back in time to what was happening at the turn of the century. Right. Uh, same team. Uh, that came out, I think, a month ago. So really interesting when I was saying to somebody, hey, you know, The Death of Stalin is a comic book. What? Yeah. And, by the way, go see The Death of Stalin. Hilarious movie. The comic book is not that funny. That's what's interesting is Armando Iannucci totally amped it up and made it funny. And it was ridiculous because history was ridiculous, but right, they made it funnier. Right. So let's go to what's in the bag. Okay. What's in the bag, Rick? What? Which we never have in the bag anymore. We just have them stacked. Well, yeah. I don't, you, you, I've always pulled mine out. So, oh, would you like me to do that? We'll make a big deal so, of so. you know the sound effect of uh, going into the plastic bag. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to start with the one that's on top because uh, I'm I'm rustling. It had been a while between issues. Uh, issue 49 came out a couple weeks ago, um, and this this week we get issue 50 of Saga, which is probably I would say this is probably one of somewhere one, Nate Costa just got his wings. Okay, go ahead. This uh, oddly appropriate in uh, for, for Saga. Um, Fiona Staples, Brian K. Vaughn, right? Uh, this has been a book that has had a lot of controversy in it. It's had, it is arguably one of the most charming and at the same time graphically sexual books in uh, th- that's out there. Mm-hmm. Um, very strong family story. Uh, but it, not strong for families. But but a but a really um, a really good example of what science fiction can do in exploring things like human sexuality by looking at inhuman sexuality. Uh, the characters, not the to be dialogue, confused with the Inhumans, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> the characters, the dialogue, the typography that's used in this. Every character. Practically every character has their own word balloon style in this, including the narrative of the daughter. We don't really find out it's the daughter until like issue 30 or 40. But um, this uh, this book continues to just innovate and be uh, – and, and I was thinking about this too because it's an image book. And I mean, when we, we – we give image a lot of praise for the for the well the and, and the reason and the reason being is there's really no such thing as an image book. There are books published sure. by image and that's what's and that's <laughs> but what they makes publish them great. they yeah. publish um they publish stuff that yeah. is always interesting. Even if it's not something you like, you can't deny that it's it's got it's got something 
different about it that would be intriguing to uh, readers and readers that find that intriguing would be totally caught up in it. This is a book that has made 50 issues of that and is still as fresh and as interesting and as innovative as it was when it first came out. And that is the big accomplishment of getting to issue 50 in Saga. It is a masterpiece. Yeah. No question. First on my stack will be an actual family book. Uh, I, I do not buy this book regularly. As I mentioned, this is because <coughs> it's Scooby-Doo team-up, mm-hmm. and I buy based on who they're teaming up with, which is, you know, there's kind of the fun because I think to some extent when I was a kid, I did that about Brave it's and the Bold. It's a spinner rack thing. It was, it's a spinner rack book, and we don't have spinner racks. No. But uh, this is, and why... Except in Pokemon Go, I think. They're not racks. Th- Isn't there a thing called a spinner rack? Oh, oh yes. There's a there's a Pokemon. Yes, called yeah. a spinner rack. You're right. Uh, wow. I'm just gonna let that one sit for a little bit. There you go. It's like someone just you know let get past gas in church. And wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, the team up this week, this month in issue 36 is Angel and the Ape, because you know that the kids have been clamoring. <laughs> For the obscure 60s DC <laughs> pairing, which I love. Sorry. I love Angel and the Ape. You're killing me here. <laughs> so, um, which is, you know, it is what it is. Angel O'Day, the beautiful blonde detective who has teamed with Sam Simeon, who is uh, her ape companion. Who I just had the image of kids going to comic sports stores saying, I don't know what it is, but I need an angel in the ape comic. No, no, because you look at it, you you pointed out that she yeah. looks because of the art style. Her posture is totally Daphne. It's totally Daphne. Yeah, yeah. and but, he's kind of got the smile of uh, a Fred. Fred, but he's an ape, right? Uh, so you know, it's a series that comes. I don't. Know, I think there were like maybe six issues of this in the '60s. I know there was a showcase. There was a miniseries Phil Foglio did in the 90s. I think they've shown up in a couple of the anthology books over the time. Yes. I think they might have been in that Sugar and Spike one. Yeah. Uh, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But anyway, I, you know, I knew how I know Howard Chaykin had done like a verdict, which is one of the few things where I was like, I was really annoyed with that one because. Yeah. It's Howard Chaykin. For, well, it was just he did it for the right reason. But he did the Chaykin thing on a, on yeah. a series that's like, they kind of needed to just be, it's a goofy concept. Let's just sometimes let goofy concepts lie, which is funny because uh, Kevin McGuire said that, you know, with the new black label coming from DC. He's like, this is great that you're doing these heavy books, but where's like the funny book line from DC? Right, right. The people that want those light characters, why aren't you trying those? And I think they are in things like Scooby-Doo Team Up, mm-hmm. which is... Yes, it's aimed at kids because it's Scooby Doo, but they've done some really clever things in the in in this book. You know, we uh, a few months ago I recommended the one where they met the Marvel family and they came up with the Zoinks, the magic word for Jinkies and Zoinks, and they had the acronym and they'd worked it all out. And you know, so Jolly Fish is the writer. He does consistently. I've never been disappointed by an issue of Scooby Doo Team Up. I just, like I say, I only pick it up when it's like, I can't believe they're doing that character. So right. there it is. Right. Issue 36 of Scooby-Doo Team Up. I want them to do Ambush Bug. That would be fun. You froze. I, I broke Derek. Because I want that now, too. Sholly, make it happen. So, uh, let's see. I had five candidates here, and I'm, I'm really suffering. I'm going to go with this one because I, I don't usually get to recommend this book. I haven't really since, I think, uh, Riri showed up. 
Um, but Invincible Iron Man number 598. We are, we are, first off, we're on the countdown to 600. Um, this is the sixth book in the search for Tony Stark, which doesn't mean anything. Um, uh, it just means that we're going to, in a couple months, we're going to have fresh Stark. I mean, fresh we're gonna, start. We're going to have next month, uh, Tony's going to get found. Um, it's already, you've already seen the issue. Even in this issue, you see the issue with Tony on the cover. Remember when we used to be surprised by I, plot twists? Yeah, I, I, I don't think I've been surprised by plot twists like that for a while. Um, so, and I'm this, just saying, those were good days. This is uh, the continuation of the Doctor Doom Iron Man um, taking on uh, the Red Hood, Parker. Um, no, no, not, not the Red Hood, the Hood. The Hood. Uh, Parker Robbins. I think it's, yeah. Um, and it's a little scattered, but uh, there's a lot of good stuff happening in here. And we did discuss the idea that uh, Riri and uh, Riri being, um, mm-hmm. this is the book Iron in which, which uh, Ironheart uh, gets a visit in her garage by Blade the Vampire Hunter. Yeah. Who tells her some cryptic stuff that she has to do and then disappears. So, um it's it's not the Iron Man you're expecting, but it's probably the Iron Man you need. Um, I'm going to say buy it up to 600 and see if you like it. <laughs> or buy the Fresh Start number one. I No, I think buy the – who's writing that? Is, this, is uh, that still Bendis? Bendis, yeah. Yeah, it is Bendis. This so is Bendis finishing up. Yeah, he's doing so. So uh, next on my stack is one I, – I think just because people – I missed the first miniseries, and I don't think I've ever actually picked up something from Darby Pop uh, Publishing, and they've had a lot of books. I'm looking at titles in the back going, nope, I do not think that I, I've heard about them. My God, they have a graphic novel called Santa Claus Private Eye. But uh, anyway, this is Bruce Lee, The Walk of the Dragon, and the art inside is is really good. Could I see it? Cause it's... Yeah, it's a written, I just want to say, though, a written by Nic- Nicole Dubick. And Pencils and Inks by Brandon McKinney. And, yeah, I'm not seeing, I guess, Darby Pop is its own thing. I feel like somebody else had carried it for a while or, you know, allowed it. Maybe Boom had been involved with Darby Pop. But it's just Bruce Lee is an action hero, I guess. As Bruce Lee, no secret identity. And I wanted to give it a try because I like to see number ones and especially from new publishers. Well, they're not new, but from publishers that I'm not too familiar with. And there's a lot, you know, I, I know there's a family foundation and there's place to donate in the back. uh, All the, the ads in the back are all Bruce Lee, the the previous series, the Bruce Lee foundation, Bruce Lee store. Yeah. Um, So yes, I, so you can get your merchandising on it. Well, I'm sure that's not why I picked it up because I'll be honest. I'm not a huge, I'm not somebody in that, Oh, he was so great. I'm I know he was. The more yeah. I read about the man, not you know, not even talking about the films, when, uh, the more impressive the man is to me. Yeah. And I get a greater the older I get, the greater a sense of the loss I I get. But to see that, you know, let's see, when did he die? 73? Yes. That in 2018, this guy is iconic enough to have a comic book series is intriguing on its own, but I know that his morality, his code will come through in these pages. And that's and his movies. Empire. Uh, uh, Enter the dragon still holds up as a great and, movie. that will take you all the way through without any lag at all. I mean, it's and, just, and that's where I am just saying, you know, this is why we read comics is for characters with 
That's why I read comics or got into comics. His characters have a strong sense of morality. That's Bruce Lee. So a real-life superhero and pick it up. Okay, I'm, I'm going to go with my uh, my choice for the number. My third book is uh, Dark Knight's Metal Number 6, which is the wrapping up issue for uh, for this series that's been going on and for it's shiny. Like three Wait months. Oh, it's super shiny. Uh, it's been going on for three years now. Um, <laughs> no, it, it, it did take longer Hyper than time. six months. I mean, this it's, it was supposed to be a monthly book, and yeah. they got delayed. So it's been six or seven, seven or eight months. Um, I will, I, I will say that this, as um, crazy as this book was, this this last issue delivers on a lot of levels. Um, this page in particular, I'm not going to say what happens in this, but this page in particular was. I'm not going to look because yeah. I don't. Want, I don't want to know. So um, we do find out in it. the The big problem for Batman in this is that he's fighting other Batman, and they are valid Batman from other universes. And how does Batman handle Batman, who can always plan for any situation, and they find a way? And I will say, out of you know, I thought. I didn't necessarily like the Batman spin-off. We we did like the one where it was you know his dream world. Yes, but where many of the other Batman were just they had, they had co-opted the powers of another Justice League member. Yes, and so those books kind of bored me. But the one the more I think of, and I believe the one who is going to appear again is the Batman who laughs. Yes, the, everything about that character, everything about that solo book was just creepy as hell. Yeah. Uh, so he's the one worth, and I saw at WonderCon, I can't remember who, I, I wasn't at WonderCon this past weekend, but I can't remember who posted, I think maybe it was Scott Snyder, that somebody was cosplaying as the Batman who laughs and somebody was one of his Robins. Oh. And, and Scott Snyder was like, yeah. And I was like, this is just one of the creepiest cosplays I've ever seen. Well done. Well done. Was I, it as creepy as the Joker with the beat up Robin? There was a Joker who had, you know, uh, because the Batman who laughs is a scarier to me an image. Right. I, it was just I know it was a father and son that did the that one, and that one was just that was disturbed because. Well, of, yeah, he's yeah. in jail now, yeah. and uh, but this also, by the way, leads directly to the next Justice League crossover, which will create no four books, four different Justice Leagues, and it is called No Justice, and that includes that there's there are odd lineups there. We'll talk about them when they happen. But just to, to finish up on what I was saying about the the resolution of this book does what I wish so many of the longer, bigger events would do, and that is it has a very satisfying twist that you don't see coming as to how they were going to resolve the, the battle between the two forces. And then there's a there's a coda to it, and the coda is wonderful. I see that the art style changed a little bit, and that's, yeah. and that's very cool. So next from Valiant, a revival of an old series that yeah. is beloved, Shadow Man. And I picked this up because it is a, it's funny to me. I, I usually have a really good memory about stories and, and books that I liked. And I was saying tonight, it's like, I picked it up because I remember liking the character. Uh-huh. I remember that it was Voodoo right. connected and that it took place in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. But for the life of me, I can't remember a single plot or anything. I just remember thinking the character was cool. I don't know cool. that it ran that long. I think it was near the first implosion of Valiant, the, yeah. the fall. So this is a cool, it's, it's a bold cover. He's back. Andy Diggle writing with Steven Segovia 
and Ulysses Ariola on art. And it looks like a fantastic book. And I guess, you know, the other thing is I do love supernatural characters and Mm -hmm. each universe has to have at least one, you know, each comics universe has to have at least one really good supernatural character. Shadow Man is it for Valiant. And so here's a chance to get on board. Cool cover too. I have not, you know, I've not been disappointed by a Valiant book at all. Mm -hmm. Everyone I've picked up and I can't pick up them all because I barely read (laughs) the ones I'm normally. Back problems. those mm. trades, you know, when they reprint. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know who's feeding us jokes, but it's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Justin. Anyway, uh, so let's get to movies, shall we? we which, should. which is that we were talking about Inhumans and say, well, because the Cree are part of that, mm-hmm. that it was it has been made very clear this week from Marvel Studios announcing through Entertainment Weekly that the Cree scroll war is. I mean, we would have suspected because we knew the Skrulls were the yeah. antagonists of the Captain Marvel movie with Brie Larson, but that there are a lot more Cree in it than we thought. Uh-huh. And so that is that it is set in the 90s. It is a flashback. I, I don't want to call it. Maybe it's not fair to call it a flashback. It's, the whole, it's a period piece. Yeah. Uh, Establishing the 90s where Brie Larson as Carol Danvers will become Captain Marvel. We know that Walter Lawson, played by Jude Law, mm-hmm. is actually Marvell. Uh, they're still, they have not been clear about Ben Mendelsohn if he is actually, I think Jan Rog makes perfect sense. He'd yeah. be a good Jan Rog, but eh, let's listen to us just tossing those names off. Jan Rog barely could remember Ben Mendelsohn, but Jan Rog, yes, that's with two G's people. And, uh, but was- he, he might be the scroll commander. That's unsure. Mm. And so that's I, – I even double-checked this on IMDb, and he is one of the few actors that doesn't have a character name associated. Uh, so they're playing close to the vest. But yeah. my money's still on Jan Rog because you might as well just have that whole conflict. Why would – Well, it makes, it makes good sense to break the main character out of the the Kree military structure, and Jan Rog was the, the, the character who was – Opposing uh, Captain Marvel, oh, right, right, and that's the same. And since Walter yeah. Lawson will, even though they are admitting he's Marvel, yeah, is not going to be the Captain Marvel no. that follows through the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We're jumping right to Carol Danvers getting the powers, and should, and you know th- that it's let the there be the Cree intrigue and a reason for Walter Lawson to pass, maybe pass powers along. And I suspect that he's going to die and pass the powers along. Oh, absolutely. We don't need to have three Captain Marvels running around in no. 2019. No. no. Because, of course, we got Shazam yeah. coming out a month before Captain Marvel. So, oh, the wars continue. Uh, but anyway, when I said there'll be more Cree, it's that Lee Pace is going to be back as Ronan, the right. accuser. And Jimon Honsu is going to be back as Korath the Pursuer, both characters who appeared in Guardians of the Galaxy. But this, since this goes back in the 90s, they can be alive and well because they both died in Guardians of the Galaxy. Right. But we can get a deeper sense of the Kree Empire and maybe retroactively kind of explain some of Ronan's motivation in Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. The other great thing is Phil Coulson is going to be back in. Clark Gregg will be That's exciting. in a movie again. And so I think that's interesting is it could it be that Clark that Phil Coulson has discovered the files and is narrating? Yeah. Or 
Is this a younger Phil Coulson who conveniently forgets that he's encountered the Kree before he's brought back to life in Agents of Shield? No real spoilers because it's been it's been like it's been four years. No, no, no. It's been weeks that since it was uh, revealed on Shield that he is dying again. Oh, well. Um, That the that he's got the every the area around his previous wound is necrosis and uh, and is necrotic. Okay, the tissues necrotic, and he's not uh, he's not expecting. Pending uh, Marvel magic, uh, pending renewal for season five, yeah, yeah. which has not apparently happened. But to take yet. to take the story back, um, well, it's interesting because to the nineties. I in I, I wrote about it on, on the on the site, and it this occurred to me that once you establish the nineties, and I do think that's what's going to happen now with Avengers four. Hmm. That Avengers four comes out after Captain Marvel, so if you are actually preluding. A Kree Scroll War, right? You're going to get a Kree Scroll War as for how do you top Thanos? I don't know that you do necessarily. That's the problem. It's almost too big. Yeah. But a Kree, you know, getting Earth's Mightiest Heroes involved in a true intergalactic conflict is. I would love that. Yeah, I, I know you would. I mentioned that in the article. Yes. Rick Schneider just I passed out that. reading this. I did see it. Yeah. So I know you did. So because huh. you commented anyway that. Uh, this does occur to me that if you do that, you know, you could you could launch the Marvel Age by re- by doing a ret- retroactive Fantastic Four in the sixties. Yeah, if they open the door, you've got the seventies has Ant- the first Ant Man and the Wasp that we didn't know about. Right. Fantastic Four could have easily been in the sixties, and you could still get Peyton Reed's plan of doing one that is set like. Where they're almost like the Beatles of superherodom, and except for the, I think, with the exception of, I'm not sure about Agents of Atlas. I think the Fantastic Four were the first people to fight both the Scroll and the Kree. Yes, yes, because you can't really count Agents of Atlas. That was retconned that right, they had, right. but I mean, here I'm talking about retconning the Fantastic Four. In exactly, but there's a way that, but launch Phase Four by saying, you know, this goes back further than you thought. Yeah, and. Uh, I would still also make them like the Thunderbirds, right? That they, they, they aren't they aren't in downtown Manhattan. They they just kind of show up and disappear on Monster Isle. Let yeah. it be like that's where they they took their base. There, yeah, there's so many interesting things you could do. Yeah, I'm not saying they'll do any of them, but yeah. it would be it would be fun. Uh, another great news this week is that Rom has a screenwriter. Like I almost forgot because they've broken <laughs> up the Transformers writers' room where they were trying to develop. Transformers spinoffs, All Spark Productions from Hasbro, right? With Paramount and great name, All Spark, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that they did hire Zach Penn, who was the screenwriter of Ready Player One, to develop a ROM screenplay. And I think out of all those things, the whole basis of ROM, the mythos that goes around ROM actually lends itself <laughs> to a plot almost more easily. Transformers does, yeah, but. Micronauts is just like why are they Micronauts if your whole story takes place in the microverse? You know, right, it, it, it's. Right. Uh, but Rom has an easily graspable plot, which has stayed very consistent between Marvel's mm-hmm. version of it back in the '80s, right. which was great. Bill Mantlo, all credit to mm-hmm. the creator of uh, Rocket Raccoon for also doing a great job with with the. With with Rom and I think he he did the Micronauts too. So it's like everything, everything I love about Micronauts was Bill Mantlo too, which they kind of had a drop for the IDW series. But the Rom series just takes Marvel out 
you know the Marvel characters out, and it's and it's a <coughs> an updated, similar enough retelling. Mm-hmm. You can lift that into a movie. I think there's a great thing there. Now, let's just say yes. Zach Penn wrote Ready Player One. Everybody's excited about Ready Player One. We haven't seen it yet, so we don't know. He also wrote X Men Origins Wolverine. So <laughs> this could go. He probably got a lot of notes on Wolverine. Then he also wrote The Last Stand, yeah. X-Men. I'm, I'm saying. Yeah. I imagine there's a... Oh, and you don't think he'll get a lot of notes on <laughs> ROM? Um, I mean, it will be interesting. I, I do think, you know, my judgment is going to be, is Ready Player One a coherent storyline? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm hearing good... I'm reading good reviews, but what I'm reading is, <laughs> look, there's that thing I love and that, and okay, that's what okay. I was afraid of. Right. And that's what I was afraid of, is just that all I'm hearing is everybody's just satisfied because they see the thing they love. Well, it's going to be the easiest thing to comment on, too. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, uh, but I am excited that that's happening. We got new Infinity War posters this week. Interesting. Probably the best design that Marvel has done in a while by doing kind of color grouping I meant by to look Infinity them up Stones. I saw the notes. I haven't seen them. Yeah. They are on Fanboy Planet, okay. and but they went up late last night because I, I, I realized, oh, yeah, I meant to do that. So, put those up. They're... Yeah, they they have the five found Infinity Stones uh, guide each poster, and they've grouped interestingly grouped. You know, like so, Steve Rogers and and Bucky are together at the top of one, but who they're with is somebody. You know, well, I've got the yellow one there, so you see. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it's it's just breaking out a little bit of their style of the style that they've been doing. So I'm yeah. really pleased to see that. Let's let's credit Detrick Maddox for forcing them. Well, this <laughs> is definitely going to be a movie where you're gonna we're going to see a lot of sub teams. And we're going to yeah. see people, and it's more interesting if you do sub-teams of people who haven't seen Team Up before. So I, I think that's, and these do look like that's identifying uh, a lot of the sub-teams. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, From it, what we've seen in the uh, it trailers. Be interesting. So it's nice. Uh, I picked this up today, and uh, this news item, and I'm not sure what the implications are, but I, I think it's worth mentioning right now. There is talks, and man, I just hate how confusing it all gets in corporate entertainment that all this time I've thought that Paramount and CBS were linked, but somehow they are not. There's talk of merging Viacom Paramount and CBS who are still connected. Like some other company actually owns all three, but keeping them all separate. So there's talk about re merging CBS Television and Paramount. What does this have to do with Fanboy <coughs> Planet? Why do we care? It's because of Star Trek. Mm-hmm. This means that the Kelvin universe and the original universe will be back in control, or potentially, if this merge happens, will be back in control by, by one, one person, by one entity. Right. Now, I'm hoping that uh, that would be the entity that was okay with Star Trek films, but uh, Star, Star Trek fan movies, but I'm not sure. Yeah, that's lawyers. That's, that's yeah, lawyers. Not but, creatives. Well, no, because because it was, if you were, CBS TV controlled the TV series, mm-hmm. and they were the ones that had the problem with the fan films. Right. The Paramount, because like, you know, J.J. Abrams said, we don't care. We're all happy. Yeah. But that was a different team of lawyers. So if Paramount gets supremacy there, then Paramount would be okay with fan films again. Although I think people have been working their way around the fan film thing. They softened from what they originally had proposed. 
I don't know what. I where think it ended. so because because Star Trek Continues managed to well, finish they, up. They finished up and they finished up that last episode after the edicts came. Right, down. right. That's what I'm saying. So, is that that was their plan? They yeah. finished their plan. They didn't stop too right. soon. They finished right. what they intended to do. Yeah. So, so maybe they got grandfathered. Maybe that's it. Might have been. Yeah. You know that that could be. It, it's kind of sad too because I mean we are seeing we are seeing some incredible quality in fan films these days getting uh, the equipment to do amazing resolution and tracking and post-production is almost within the, the realm of anybody you know to an extent you know um maybe you'd rent that red camera instead of buying it uh but the uh, the idea well but you know let me say something else though this weekend uh, this past weekend and i haven't seen it yet but steven soderbergh released unsane Mm-hmm. That uh, you know, suspense, supernatural thriller. I'm not even sure. Um, with Claire Foy, shot entirely on iPhones, mm-hmm. and that you know, this is the reality. We that 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 stereotype that filmmakers are going. You've got the power in your hand, right? Make a movie right here on this iPhone. Well, it's true. A world class director just did it yeah. and proved. Yeah, you don't need to rent your red camera. You've got this, and you can play around with your Adobe Premiere or whatever. Right. Apple has some kind of equivalent that nobody uses. But but even with the quality of of production and stuff, I don't think I don't really think those things eat into the the profits that the actual approved films make. I think they just get people. No, they, we've talked they about that. Continue to and stoke the fires. We've talked of about fandom. that, and I I agree with you. I that that is look. If you are a diehard fan of this stuff, yeah, it, you are a consumer. You want more. Yeah. You don't want less. You don't want carefully controlled. You'll go see Star Trek Beyond. You'll go see Star Trek Into Darkness. You'll feel dirty about it <laughs> afterwards, but you'll you'll see it. And then the Star Trek Four, where there was a brief for oh, Quentin Tarantino is going to ruin, it. and now everybody's just like, oh yeah, yeah, that's going to be a Quentin Tarantino yeah. version, which apparently you know, no, that seems to have stalled out. So that's another reason. Is like, well. Now that people gave Discovery a chance, please yeah. don't comment on it because I haven't. I still haven't watched it. Is that now that people like it more? That it's like, well, is there a way then that that Discovery can lead to a remerging yeah. of the Kelvin with the Next Generation timeline and and beyond? No pun intended. Since the cinematic, since the Kelvin Star Trek Beyond didn't do that well. Mm-hmm. Or at least not up to the expectations they wanted, you know. So it's, um, I, I would agree. Like I, it's not going to stop me from seeing whatever Star Trek Four is, if you give me a, a cool fan film, or I might not even see the fan film. Either way, it's not going to impact my decision to pay money to Paramount or to the AMC to see whatever Star Trek Four is, right. Yeah, so reviews might, but not the fact that you've seen Star Trek continues. Yeah, I was gonna say, eh, and then I realized there is still one of the original, the, the next generation movies I've still never seen. Uh, Nemesis? No, that was the last one I saw. That one. Um, Nemesis was the last one. Yeah, I saw that one. I missed the one before that. Oh, uh, yeah, that's the one. The one about, with Donna Murphy, right? And F. Murray Abraham. Like I know everything about it except. It's and and basically it has all the production value of a regular episode of the television show. So don't cheap out. Yeah. Anyway, so there's that which transitions to television and which is great to say. Uh, I do want to highlight that my one of my favorite series of this decade 
is finally getting a box set. There's been sporadic releases on DVD of, of certain episodes. Uh-huh. Hulu, I th- I don't know if Hulu has all the seasons, but anyway, we're talking about Gravity Falls, uh, which I, I will argue is one of the best science fiction slash fantasy series of this decade. It just happens to be animated in a kind of goofy style. Yeah. And it's funny, but it's also poignant. With some very goofy voices. And it's also, and it's also you know, it has its terrifying moments if you really think about what's going on. And so it's getting a box set from Shout Factory, which is interesting to me too that Disney is not hmm. doing that. Uh, that it's it, because they've still they they got plenty of DVDs, uh, you know, home video. I'm a member of that club, and I get my animated, you know, I, I buy all those. So I don't know why they don't they don't do the TV series. Hmm. You know, maybe we'll show up on the movie club and say like you get this, but the box set. There's two box sets. There's one that has a, it's six discs for the entire series and there's a seventh disc of extras so one box (laughs) set has that seventh disc and then there's a you know like a week or two later they're going to release one with just six so if you just want to watch the show which is totally worth it but i suspect the extras are you know one of the things because it was my son that got me into gravity falls and he was the one following like at the end of each episode there was a code and they figured that and that there is a There is a crossover with Rick and Morty hmm. and just like a like a, a throwaway thing where Dan Harmon and Justin Roiland picked up. Oh, yeah, they made a reference, you know, like something that we could pick up. And so there is, I don't I don't even know what that moment is. Okay. But but it's also that, you know, there's an Evil Dead parody in the middle of Gravity Falls. That's both funny and frightening and had to then explain to my son. Yeah, it's Evil Dead, you know, <laughs> so it's. It's it's just a brilliant series, and I was sorry, and, but and it wraps up. It's it's like uh, another one that if they do a box set, Phineas and Ferb would be worth mm. picking up. As ridiculous as Phineas and Ferb looks, and as ridiculous as that series gets, that it set its premise forth and said this is all it can be, and they did it. You know, and they finished it, and so the same thing is with Gravity Falls. That is one summer. There it is. Once we wrap up the conspiracy, once we figure out what's going on. It's over, and it did. So it's just, it really does have a story in, on its own. I recommend. I'm not a big fan of Disney XD's live action series, but the animated series are are terrific. So when I go to there's an you just remind me of something. I think didn't we hear that Invader Zim is getting a movie? I th- I thought I I'm, I think there's talk, but I don't think I you know until we get a really formal. Uh, Invader Zim returning to Nickelodeon as oh, uh, a as a, a TV movie, movie as yeah. a TV movie that's then. in variety. So, I, I, did we talk about it before? No, I don't think we had. I think it just came. Let's see. So it's like you know. So yes, it'll be on Nickelodeon. It's good. I'm I'm happy to see John and Vasquez get uh, <laughs> that because that's another one with a great cult following. Yeah. I, I you know I get surprised by who I see where I see Invader Zim t-shirts or so forth and just yeah. go, well, I, did, I guess it is bigger than I thought. I've watched it. I thought it was funny. It's, it doesn't hold me the way Gravity Falls does. Yeah. But it, it is a good series and worthwhile. Nickelodeon is, is interesting because I don't really hear a lot of talk about Nickelodeon besides that and SpongeBob. You know, there was a great SpongeBob hoax a few, a couple months ago where somebody hacked into the account or faked an Instagram account and said it was coming to an end. And for a day, all the fans believe wow. it. So and it's like, why would you do that? Why would you tell children and adults who think they're children 
that their beloved SpongeBob was there coming to. There are bad it. people in the world. There are bad people in the world. And all politics aside, if you tell children that their favorite show is coming to an end right, because you're right. so bored and you figured out to ha- how to hack an account, screw you. Yeah. That's You're not doing good in this world. Yeah. Okay, that rant was easy. Meditate now. and get to the next thing. Astro City got picked up for uh, by Fremantle Media North America, the, br- the production company behind American Gods. What I think is interesting, Gregory Novak is the executive producer on attached to Astro City, but he's also attached to Wild Cards, which is through Universal Cable Productions, which means it'll probably be on, that just means it's, it's probably going to sci-fi, but they have this, <laughs> for uh, for legal reasons, <coughs> they keep it separate, but UCP, almost everything UCP does goes to, goes to sci-fi. But as much, you know, I love both of them. Are we getting, um, are they live action or animated? Live or? action. Okay. Live action a- a- anthology series. You know, I interviewed Kevin Andrew Murphy, who has written several right. stories for Wild Cards right. back when they announced this, you know, a year or two ago. Mm-hmm. But I thought about it when as much as I love them both, I think structurally they'll both be almost the same series with different, with different ar- different characters taking the place of different archetypes. Wild Cards is more of a history of it's a parallel history to our Earths. So there's historical. But if you've caught up with Kurt Buschek's Astro City, Astro yeah. City goes back and does that. It goes back to the to the turn of the cent- of the 20th century. Mm. So I mean, he he didn't do it up front, and that is the difference. The first Wild Cards novel, yeah. or really at that time it was really more of a short uh, mosaic novel, short story collection right. the that went City. forward in history uh, for Wild Cards. You started in 1945 with Jet Boy mm-hmm. and, you know, moving forward. And actually for a little while, I kind of lost interest when it stopped being parallel history because they'd got, they'd caught up. Right. So I, I kept, I read, I, I can't remember which book it was where I was like, yeah, but now it's, now I'm not seeing that connection. That's what I thought was cool. And then it got cool again because I, I fell in love with the characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, Astro city was the twist. And I th- thought about this was that you saw it from the perspective of usually the citizens of Astro city. Although there's a great story with Samaritan early on that just establishes something you've never thought about that kind of arc character archetype before. Right. Really cool. And I'm, 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 that's the second graphic novel. I think it's the first one. It's the first the six. First one? It's the first six issues. I can't remember which issue it is, but it's in the first six. Okay. Um, and I'm not sure which trade paperback includes. There was a half issue they did for wizard. And I want to say it was called a dream. The story was called a dream of you. I think that was the title. Okay. I, and I think it's in the first volume, but I'm not sure. Uh, I linked to that on the site, but it might be the second where it, it's uh, it's a look it is legitimately a look at the consequences of a big crossover event. Now, am I getting? I think I'm getting Samaritan mixed up with the um, the Batman analog, that's the Confessor. The Confessor, that was it. He's the second and that's Confession. Novel. That's the second arc, novel, and yes. that's the one that's actually an arc. The right. first six issues were individual mm-hmm. stories where there were threads in the background of like, oh, this character runs through that. Right. But whereas Confession was. This is the confessor and altar boy. Was he called altar boy? I get. I guess I it was. So. I, I have the action figure. Yeah. A- and that that was when the first time he told over six issues one story about a character and kind of flipped it back into it. 
it became a little more mainstream in its structure, but mm-hmm. it was still a viewpoint that you'd never thought. And it was still from the sidekick's point of view, who was this kid who moved to Astro City right. with the desire to be a sidekick. I think I had missed the – I think that's where I started with Astro City. And, and I yeah, – yeah, so Life in the Big City is the first trade paperback. Yeah, I and, went back to that. And that's, and that's, yeah. a, that's a great one. Um, there, But there isn't one that hasn't – or at least in trade right. paperback, where it isn't super strong. It's a different way of looking at things. And, I, and the more I think about it, yes, other people have picked up, like, the story from the sidekick's point of view. Many people have done that oh, yeah. since. But Buschek did it first. And with Alex Ross in Marvels, true, to some of some extent, that was where he was coming from. That gave him the idea. Um, and he did it first. He did it best. And with his own characters. So that's the other thing. Even though it's currently being published, it was first published by Image, it went to Wildstorm, now it's being published by Vertigo. And in all this, it's the only Vertigo book that is still completely owned by Kurt Buschek. Oh. DC, Warner Brothers, has no piece of it. And those are kind of the inside things that I just love. I know that some people, but but I love when a creator gets to keep... I'm assuming Brett Anderson and Alex Ross have a piece too, but it's Kurt Buschek yeah. who's controlling the rights. I mean, now that that is going to be interesting because <laughs> I think in the next month or two, like Bendis is going to Jinx World goes to DC. We've, we've mm-hmm. talked about they're offering free comics, yeah. but the first first two new titles, Cover and Pearl, uh, are coming from Jinx World, which then means it is a creative owned creator owned imprint back under. DC, which Warner Brothers for a long time was not allowing to happen. I do love, by the way, that uh, here near the end we can say that by titling a book cover, he is absolutely driving retailers crazy because the question is which cover of cover do you want? And then we decided tonight that the uh, that the alt- that the sequel series will be called alternate cover. So you can ask, are, do you nice. want the alt- or alternate <laughs> cover for the alternate <laughs> cover? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so variant uh, variant cover. Uh, just from the standpoint of, of completeness, there were two wild cards comic series. Uh, there was yeah. one. Dynamite just ran one. Dynamite did one before, and I think the previous one may have been first. Epic. Was it Epic? Epic did it. I okay. Think, I think Epic I know I have it. them. I, they're like four volumes in square They were square bound. bound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah. think that. I, they're actually in this bookshelf next to my other. Uh, I think that was Epic books. Comics and because and, Epic was Marvel's imprint that was creator owned yeah. originally. And the important thing to remember to remember about wild cards is it's a it's a shared universe by a number of authors and each author will own the characters that they create and if you want to use one of their characters mm-hmm. in one of your stories you have to get permission well and with what's going to happen seriously anything you say there uh you can go back to the site and you know tag slash kevin andrew murphy because uh, yeah i talked to him about that process and how he crosses over and who and the kind of the talks about well, can I do this to your character? And, and right. that's, you know, right. which they do in comics. And to be honest, I found the comics always just kind of disappointing because I was so wrapped up in that point by the novel's by continuity, the by the, novel, you know, because at that point they were being novels, right. claiming mosaic novels, right. those shared worlds. Speaking of novels, Amazon is making a bold play into the site, which we've already said they paid like $250 million they want to make Lord of the Rings or... Let's just call it Middle Earth. They want to do right. a Middle they Earth saga. Do, they don't <clears throat> want to do Tolkien universe. Are you ready for the rights for this? Now, I haven't read these, but since we've got the... I have uh, the first book. I since we've got the Hugo nominate, uh, Hugo finalists being announced, the Hugo Awards right. coming up this year. This is a this past is a, Hugo this winner. This is a Hugo winner. 
a, a series from China by an author named uh, Liu Shixin. Uh, it's called Remembrance of Earth's Past, and it's the three-bodied... The three-bodied problem. The three-bodied problem. Right. For the rights for this trilogy, just for the rights, Amazon has dropped one billion dollars just for the rights the um planning ahead i think uh do you think because i i i haven't read it it's an intriguing i haven't read it but it's an intriguing premise you know the premise no but apparently obama read it and loved it because that's one of the things that really pushed its popularity Uh. In America, so the the heart of it is an alien invasion where the where we can have no secrets against the aliens. We 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 were invaded before we knew it, and I won't. I'm not going to go into details on it, but we have no secrets against against them. And how are we going to fight this war? So that's that's the heart of the of the the series, I believe. Interesting. So interesting. Well, you know, that that it just adds to my list of i must add this to the stack at some point it is a huge well i just picked up one and say owen long from seeds from cinequest recommended one for me and i bought it last week and then because i'm lining up an interview which won't i I know but lining up an interview with another author (coughs) in the next couple of weeks i had to buy that book and put that Uh, to the top of my list and i'm almost finished but i have to pick up but this other one that was recommended to me iq84 and uh so but again, I, this I will is, just add this. You mentioned it. It is a Chinese book translated in English, and a large, large part of the magnificence of it is apparently they did a very, very good job of translation, both I mean, from the standpoint when you when you get a translated book, um, the translation yeah. may not have the same right, poetic right, right. So when a Hugo when a Hugo gets awarded to, in a case like that, is it is some portion of that? Kind of credited to the it, Well, the Hugos are all fan based, so it's whatever fans liked. It, it's, there's no judging. There's no jury. No, that, no, no. no. I, I understand that, but I was saying, is there like there may have been an appreciation? Maybe among there fans, should be. But I'm a, sure there are a lot of people who read it without thinking about. Should that there at be all. a be- best translation? Because you know, like the no, Eisners do. Yeah. The Eisners do a best translated work. Uh huh. I think that I, I'm not sure that's exactly what they call the the not the award, but. But there is an award given for the best. Maybe it's foreign from reproduction an, or okay. something. Um, you know, because like in the case of right. what I talked about earlier, Death of Stalin, that's a French comic yeah. translated in English for Titan books. So it wouldn't. It would be eligible for a best foreign work. I mean, it could be eligible for best miniseries too, or right. a best graphic album. I'm not sure what, but uh, but what I read was clearly, you know, translation. It wasn't the original author. Yeah. Putting that into English. Well, it's, it's like you, you, there's a history of this stuff of appreciation, like anything from uh, Arabian Tales of the Arabian Nights, which was brought and translated by Sir Richard, Richard Fran- Burton. Richard Francis Burton. And um, the Rubiat of Omar Khayyam, which was not written in, in that uh, scheme originally and was translated. I'm glad this is um, the end of the podcast. Yeah. We lost everybody by going into this ancient literature translation, yeah. the history of translation. Yeah. And I'm, there was a third one, too, that I was trying to think what that uh, had been translated. And it was, oh, the uh, obviously, uh, Canterbury Tales. 
which you can you can still read in the uh, the old format. Yes, and, I can, and you can hear the the. the in fact, the, I had to in college. I did too. One that April, I believe my daughter did as well. Just just as last quarter. Yeah. So that is the wrap up. Now that we know that Amazon has spent a billion dollars to get us One hooked on Amazon million. streaming. Ah. You're supposed to pet your white cat when you say No, I already did. You you weren't paying yeah. attention to me because you were busy going, oh, look, books. So uh, you were trying to think of who translated the Rubaiyat of Omar oh, I, Khayyam. I don't know who did that. I, knew uh, I know, but you were trying burden. to think while I was stroking my wet oh, cat, okay. white cat. Not my wet cat. There is no cat <laughs> don't here. Don't stroke your wet cat. I'm not. There isn't. There isn't one at all. Okay. Uh, so anyway, thank you for listening. Uh, remember again on Saturday... What, uh, day, oh, that's March 31st. It Saturday, 31st. March 31st. Uh, the day before Easter, the day after Good Friday, hmm, that uh, we will be at Seven Stars Bar and Grill at noon for the announcement of the finalists for the 2018 Hugo Awards. And afterwards, we will be recording a panel discussing the finalists. finalists. Yeah, yeah. As much as we can. And I, you know, I, I don't know. I, yeah. I don't know who the guests who are going to be there to talk, but we shall see. Uh, we shall see. And so you can come to that. And oh, I can't announce one. Chuck Surface will be on the show. Well, have we actually ever had Chuck Surface on the show? I don't think show? we have. I think it's high time. Yeah. That's excellent. So we'll have Chuck Surface on the show. And if you don't know Two Buck Chuck, uh, I love him because he's a Spectre fan as uh, much as I am. Probably more so because he, yeah, he reads a lot more than I have time to do these days. but uh, Or that I have the focus to do. Let me put it that way. And uh, but I love to always love talking to him, and I don't think we've ever done it on the air, so it'd be yeah. great to to do that. And then we will be recording a, a, another regularly formatted podcast, hopefully with another guest uh, in the near future. So, but definitely on Saturday, March thirty first, come on out. And I'm sorry that I'm putting the pressure on you that you have to have this one edited to make that. Sense I've got nothing to do tomorrow. Okay, well that's I'll get it done sometime. That's good. Yeah. All right. So anyway, thank you for listening. Uh, once again, if you have any questions, comments, compliments, commentary, criticism, write in to editor at fanboyplanet.com. I'm Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of Fanboy Planet. And I'm Rick Brett Snyder, reminding you to use, use your powers, powers for, for good. Thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.thegreatlukeski.com.